four, three, two. Let's try this again, folks. Welcome in, guys. This is episode 209 of Kicking It With The King. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, this is Kicking It With The King, episode 209. It's good to be back. Um, I don't know if you can tell. My voice is a little scratchy because I did catch a little bug the other day. It's not like it's hectic or anything. You can just definitely tell I have a sore throat. I'm not necessarily coughing as much. But on top of that, there's some other stuff too. But before we get into that, um, welcome in, guys. Uh, it's October 22nd, 2019. Appreciate you guys for joining us. We're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and any other place you get your podcast, folks. You can visit my page directly at anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA Show. If you want to start your own podcast today, the link is www.anchor.fm slash start. So, like I said, if you can understand and hear, my voice is a little scratchy. Fortunately, I got, unfortunately, I actually got, like, uh, I caught a bug. I don't know from who the other day. You know I'm around a lot of people sometimes, you know. So, I mean, I caught a bug. I feel, I don't feel bad, man. I'm still up and running and stuff. But on top of that, the other night I was cooking. And that's going to sound tragic. It just kind of makes me cringe talking about it. But I spilt accidentally um, boiling water on my fucking foot. That got all fucked up and made it to where I almost couldn't walk. Basically, I couldn't walk without severe pains. I think it was second degree. Not as serious as it was. Um, I went to the doctor yesterday. I got that taken care of. Got it wrapped up. Got a, some, I got a shot. I got um, ace bandaged up. And, you know, now we're here and now we're recovering. You know, I'm out for a couple of days. Nothing too chaotic or anything like that. Um, but, you know, the show must go on. How crazy and unfortunate was it for me to not only get sick, but also have this foot injury. It hurt so bad, such a sharp-ass pain. Looked really gnarly, too, as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm as tough as I come. The doctor was like, dude, you have a tolerance for pain. I even tried to get up and go to my job and everything else. But, you know, this shows the heart and toughness of a warrior. But like I said, the show goes on. I'm at home. I'm sad because the fact that I can't do nothing. And I'm wanting to walk around, but I can't walk around. So I'm just, I'm sitting here chilling. I'm relaxing. I'm getting better. Two days tops, man. Maybe not tomorrow, not today, not not the next day, but tomorrow I should be good. Not not tomorrow, but the day after, I should um, be up and running. Like I said, it's not too crazy of the injury. It was catastrophic. That was a huge thing. I don't wish that to happen to anybody. Like not even my worst enemy, but that shit was gnarly, man. It was nasty, man. It was a chaotic injury. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't. Really, I took some medication. They gave me some. Uh, I don't know if they're USADA approved. LOL. Um, but you know, um, some sleeping, some sleeping medication will basically knock you out later on. Um, and I don't know. What the, I don't know what's called. What is it called? Sir Sepasic. I can't even pronounce that. Cephalexin. Cephalexin. Five hundred milligrams. To take it twice a day, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I, have a, I have a history of uh, coming back after um, being injured or you know recovering. I don't really have to recover from anything because I don't sit getting injured too long. But it was like it was an injury, like in training or nothing like that. It was just a, a freak accident. I accidentally like elbowed the uh, 
um, like backed into the freaking thing. My, it was my stupid fault, but hey, you know, accidents happen. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, like I said, it just fell right on. I was built, I was boiling some macaroni and fucking cheese, dude, like a munchy meal. I wasn't higher or nothing. I was completely sober during that time. So like it fell down. I was screaming like there's no fucking tomorrow. My whole fucking foot was burned. Not burned, it's completely bad. It just like specific area and you know, some blisters. I don't want to discuss anybody here on this episode, but um, the funny story is about this exact episode. I said it's episode 209. We actually did an episode. I did an episode the, the day before this happened when I was fucking drunk, dude. I was so drunk. Not drunk. I was pretty fucking buzzed. So, you know, I, I was going to... um. I got a phone call, I think I had to answer a phone call or something like that during the show, and it automatically cut off the recording, so I had to stop the podcast and, um, you know, see, I remember where I was, I was talking about Ben Askren, Damian Maya, if I was, if I wasn't mistaken, but, you know, I just eventually just went back and deleted the original episode because we didn't, we didn't finish it, and on top of that, we didn't, uh, it wasn't one of the best ones, I feel like it was sloppy, but then again, I'm my own worst critic, that is why we're back here today, and that is why we're going to be doing this, folks, like I said, welcome in, it's good to be back, don't feel bad for me, appreciate everybody that reached out and, you know, offered their condolences, man, it's not as worse as you think, I was telling everybody it's not as worse as I think, you know, it could have been, but hey, God has my back, and we're, we're all fucking strapped up and ready to go here on this episode, episode 209 of Kicking It With The King, let's run down today's list of what we're going to be talking about today, ladies and gentlemen, um, a little bit of a recap from last week, uh, UFC Boston just happened last Friday, um, we've seen what happened in the main event, Dominic Reyes stops Chris Weidman in the first round, Chris Weidman falls uh, short in his attempt to make a successful jump up to 205 pounds, we've seen this reoccurring with, with people like Luke Rockhold, more notably because their careers are so tied together, if you really look at the, the comparisons, um, what's next for Chris Weidman, we'll talk about that, um, Dominic Reyes' win and potentially fighting John Jones and what's next for him, everyone seems to be calling John Jones, I just opened Instagram to see Tony Ferguson um, sending a little, everyone's calling John out. And uh, what is it? Oh, let me read it. What was it? Hold on. Hold on, let me just, let's look at this. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. Josh Thompson's really proud of that head kick. I won't stop posting it. Um, I'm trying to find uh, what Tony Ferguson said. But anyways, we'll, we'll find that in a second. Um, so Dominic Reyes' win over Chris Weidman, what that means, him fighting John Jones, how I think he fares against John Jones. Obviously, we had the co-main event between Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens too. Um, wish that was a five-rounder because, you know, later on in the fight, Jeremy Stevens did pick up the, uh, you know, he did pick up the momentum, you know, land those couple takedowns and, you know, essentially, you know, was able to control Yair and take him down. At the end of the day, it's not about takedowns. It was about earlier in the fight, earlier in the action, when Yair landed several nasty body kicks and, you know, hurt Jeremy at one point in time during that fight, but Jeremy showed his heart, his toughness, he wasn't going anywhere, um, he hasn't really spoken much after the fight or anything like that, but he did obviously show his heart and toughness in that fight, so that's all, that's all that matters, and you know, Dana even said that the post-fight press conference that he wishes it was, um, it was another, it was a, a couple more rounds, um, 
Moving when we go from that, we're moving along to both Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman's failed weight class jumps, and my thoughts on fighters moving up or down. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's an unfortunate thing in our sport to see two people who at one point in time were at the top of the heap and, you know, one of the most top-ranked fighters in that in those their respective division of middleweight. And fast forward to 2019 to see the unfortunate string of luck for one Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold, but more notably for Chris Weidman. Um, over in the bare-knuckle fighting uh, arena uh, BKFC wrapped up last weekend as well. I think it was last Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Antonio Silva uh, uh, loses to Gabriel Gonzaga. Both men making their BKFC debuts. It, it was well known and well documented, man. I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't that hard to make easy money on on betting whether or not Antonio Silva would win. He looked sloppy. He. I mean, no disrespect to him or anything. He looked sloppy. As I'm sitting here on the couch saying someone else looks sloppy. <laughs> no, because like my foot's fucked up. That's why. Um. But Antonio Silva doesn't look as impressive as he once did. He hasn't won a fight in two thousand since two thousand and fifteen. I can't remember the last one. I think it was Overeem, if I'm not mistaken. We'll look that up too. But um, Gabriel Gonzaga comes in, looks impressive. Obviously, it's not hard to look impressive against Antonio Silva at that point in time. Um, and you know, another knockout loss. So um, it's just when is enough enough? And is this going to be a reoccurring thing? It's it's an uncomfortable, cringy thing to watch. And it's, it's not something that we want to continue to see. Especially not in this sport. You know, you never know what can happen. Um, you know, um, also, I've seen the Joker movie. I just, since I got a, um, since I just looked at it, I, I went, I seen the Joker movie. It, it was pretty fucking awesome, dude. It was kind of slow. There wasn't too much action, more talking than anything. But if it showed the original origin story of Joker and all that, then, um, you know, it, it was a great performance by Joaquin Phoenix, man. I loved it. You know, it, it, it was fantastic, man. I loved it so much. I mean, towards the end, and I'm not going to make any spoilers, but, you know, when he's on the Murray show at the, the end and just, you know, his, his chaotic... You know, his laugh, just just his um his tendencies and everything he was doing, man. It's, just, it's Joker, man. It was just, it was a great Joker. Um, a big fun thing was um uh, everyone making comparisons and stuff. I actually liked Jared Leto's Joker in a weird way. It was pretty. It was pretty like savage, man. I liked all the tattoos. I liked all the you know. I, I liked the guns and stuff, but you know, nothing tops Heath Ledger's Joker in in The Dark Knight Rises. Um. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I promise we're going to get into everything after this. I'm sure there's other breaking news. There's some other couple things that have happened in the world of mixed martial arts, which we will get to. Don't you worry about that. Um, but I was going to say, like, nothing tops the Dark Knight's uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's Joker, I feel, was the most fantastic one. He did the best. I thought it was the most savage one. I thought it was the most darkest one. And, you know, one of the most well-equipped ones, man. I loved it, man. All the plans he had, everything he set up, all the chaos that he, he amassed in that movie and caused the civilians of Gotham City. It was pretty fucking savage. So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this specific YouTube page. It breaks down. They break down um, Easter eggs and things you may have missed, and you know a lot of Avengers related stuff, a lot of superhero Marvel DC related stuff. But shout out to new rock stars on YouTube. You can look them up. At, I think it's YouTube.com/slash 
uh, new rock stars. They do a very good job. I mean, Eric Voss is on top of it. They they do an amazing job breaking them down, but that's not the point. I went back and I watched The Dark Knight, you know, the things I may have missed. It was like a 45-minute video of them just breaking down little Easter eggs, and, you know, I got a chance to look at some of the comments as well, so it seemed as if some people were going back and, um, you know, looking at them themselves, like, hey, who's here from so-and-so, that's just like with music, man, old songs, old throwbacks, you'll see comments on their YouTube, if you're on YouTube and stuff, and you'll just be like, oh, who's here from 20, who's here from 2019, uh, who's here in 2019, and you know what I mean, like, everybody's vintage, everyone's a savage, everyone has similar thoughts when it comes to throwbacks and stuff, you know, a lot of people have great minds and great tastes and different things, so it's cool to see that, um, like I said yesterday, I just really sat back and relaxed, man, just watched movies all day, um, sat on the couch, I couldn't really walk at all, man, it hurt like a bitch to walk, man, and I had the most horrible time getting into an Uber the other day, because this dude, literally, I mean, obviously, my, my girlfriend, my wife, my baby, she, um, called me an Uber, I asked her, can you call me an Uber, because I can't walk from here to my house, man, it's a, my foot was hurting so bad, it was, it was stinging, it was hurting, it was before I even went to the doctor, so I was, I know yesterday, I should have went the, the same day to the doctors, I know, but, I, like, I called her, I said, can you call me an Uber, please, and on top of that, the dude, obviously, because it's not my, it's not my picture on the account, so, it's gonna show a different person, so if he doesn't see a girl, then it's going to pose some problems. I know some older, handicapped uh, black guy. And I was just mad. Man. I was all like, this fucking idiot. And I was cursing. I said some explicit things through text message, man, about it. I was just like, dude, I can't fucking wait, dude. This, my foot's hurting. This dude doesn't understand what it's like to have a hurt foot. He went and drove right past the apartment. He said that he was going around. And he, you didn't go around, bro. Shut the fuck up. And this dude, that's why I can't stand certain types of Uber drivers. They're just, there's some shitty people and their, their IQs are pretty damn low. But no disrespect to them. I understand it's a job and, you know, jobs job it doesn't matter about that but hey you know i was just like my foot was in fucking pain dude my foot was killing me what's up with everybody getting injured nowadays um but anyways yeah like i said uh other than that i'm fine and you know like i said i watched the joker movie i watched uh, i think like the b movie or some shit like some throwbacks and you know just watched a lot of youtube breakdowns i watched post fight presser um dana white's hilarious when it comes to talking about colby covington he was like what did he say he was like He's a, I forgot what he said, man. It's at the top of my head. Uh, I just took some painkillers too. Um, and on top of that, I'm I'm getting sick. So bear with me on this episode of Kicking It with the King. Let's begin with the UFC Boston. Unfortunate news for one Chris Weidman. I had told many people I have vouched for him. I had, uh, you know, picked him in this fight. If you remember the last episode of the show, I talked about him. You know, pulling off the upset, I thought that if he utilized his wrestling, um, it would be beneficial. But, you know, you see that one takedown attempt in there. You know, Dominic Reyes was able to stop stop it. And uh, what Reyes was able to say, he said that, you know, in the last fight with Vulcan, he wasn't expecting Vulcan to shoot in on him like that. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was, you know, he was much more prepared, obviously. He's a smart guy. He comes from a smart camp. So it's essential and, you know, ideal for the fact that you know you're going to get taken down or try to get clinched up with because people like to go to your last fights and spot holes and stuff too. So it was it was a great game plan on the side of Reyes. Reyes looked fantastic. Obviously, letting those long limbs, that nasty straight left, he knocked him on the floor. Weidman was dropped. Weidman, you know, kind of 
had his legs up in the air. Like, I thought essentially he was going to try to put some up kicks or something. He was trying to cover up for dear life. And then Reyes just used his other hand. Boom. Hammer fist. Hammer fist. Hammer fist. Fights over. Or was it a hammer fist? But he's like, boom, boom, boom. Fights over. First round knockout loss. Chris Weidman falls to one and five. I think if, yeah, one and five in his last six fights. Um, if I can remember straight, it was uh, the Luke Rockhold fight, the Yoel Romero fight, the Musasi fight. Um, comes back, beats Kelvin Gastelum, and then after that, loses to Jacare, and now, fortunately, losing to Dominic Reyes. Uh, I did make a huge point on the previous episode that I made of episode 209 before I deleted it, and I'll continue to make that right now. Um, and this goes for anybody, man. This goes for all the top-tier guys in the UFC um, that, you know, maybe on a, on a, a skid and all that. But, you know, I said for Chris Weidman and both Luke Rockhold, man, these guys come in and fight the best of the best guys, regardless of the streak they're on, regardless of if they're losing, regardless if they're getting knocked out left and right and they seem chinny and no one thinks they can take a shot anymore. But this is a, a reoccurring problem. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that it's uh, – I'm not going to sit here and say that – I'm making excuses for it or anything like that. But, um, like, this is a UFC, man. This There's no easy fights. But one point that didn't make was, you know, Chris Weidman has to either, like Dana said, drop back down a middleweight or fight somebody outside the top 10, unfortunately. I'm not saying that he can't win and not, he's not capable of beating guys in the top 10. But mixed martial arts is a game of inches. This is a game of inches, man. And, and this is not something that you can just take a couple of years off or take a year off and come back to because the contenders get better and better as time goes by. I mean, look at the guy that last fought Luke Rockhold. Jan Vlahovic is, is on maybe a couple more wins, and he's right up there to fight for the title. Um, Dominic Reyes as well, who just beat Chris Weidman, is, is on a couple more wins or a win or maybe you consider you even have john jones as the next fight that would be good and um you know they're finding the top dudes excuse me real quick let me just put my sh adjust my shirt but yeah man it's it, 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 it's it's a tough sport um it's an unfortunate one you know like i said it's an unforgiving game and, you know, the fact is that it's not like he lost decisions or anything like that. He's been getting knocked out in all these fights. I'm seeing some amateurish comments about the USADA, about USADA playing a huge factor. But I don't think USADA helps your chin regardless of that. Um, I think he's fighting absolute monsters. And, you know, nothing takes away from what Chris Weidman has done against what, you know, obviously back then, if you go back to that Anderson Silva era, there's nobody, man. I like having those kinds of eras with fighters where you just can't imagine who could be the one to beat them. And then when that person comes around, it's one of the most special things ever. And, um, you know, at that time, I remember thinking my exact thoughts. Who the fuck is this Chris Weidman guy? And 9-0, how in the hell is this dude going to beat Anderson Silva with maybe like four times the experience that he had? Anderson Silva was like 30, 40 plus fights in technically if you count the you know, amateur ones and count the, you know, undocumented ones. But, you know, Anderson Silva only had four losses at the time. Um, and, you know, he was, he was a great Anderson Silva. He was on fire, man. He was, he, he was on top of the world. Well, considered one of the best middleweights and still one of the best middleweights in the world. He obviously uh, is a Hall of Famer. What he's done in the middleweight division, it, 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 it's been um, 
well documented and it's also un it's not um forgotten or anything despite the losses that he has had in the future like that you know obviously like i said he's been fighting for a long time um he's still up there he's still fighting uh and i think his last fight he hasn't f lost his last fight was against Jaron Cannonier, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull up Anderson Silva's Wikipedia. I want to see that. But, yeah, so Chris Weidman, you know, dethroned the greatest fighter of all time. That was a huge moment. That was still regarded as one of the biggest upsets in the career of their career. Now, where he went from there, he defended the title three times, obviously fought Anderson in a rematch. That went kind of funky. You know, he snapped Anderson Silva's leg. Unfortunate uh, events. But, you know, before that, he had hurt him in the clinch and stuff and, and you know, starched, or not starched, but, you know, you know had him in trouble even before that happened. But so, you know, obviously, like I said, back then, it was a lot of huge controversy and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you know he at the end of the day, he got the win. And then he beat Wilota Machida in a fight of the night fight. Then he went and beat, fought Vitor Belfort. And... Oh, no. Excuse me. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, that spelled the ending after the fight with Vitor Belfort. He was 13-0. He went and fought Chris. I'm not. I said this last time. I said he fought Chris. Chris didn't go fight Chris. Chris went and fought Luke Rockhold and threw that stupid spinning kick. It was a fun back and forth fight. He threw that spinning kick, got taken down, ground and pounded. And geez, that was the cringiest thing to watch, man. He was getting ground and pounded, and then he went to the second on to the next round and you know got a little bit of the same stuff. And then, you know, they called the fight off. Then he comes back and fights a monster in Yoel Romero is winning that fight up until the third round, and Yoel lands a beautiful Cuban bomb of a flying knee, knocks him out, you know, Gush makes his head bleed. You know, so if you look at the Luke Rockhold fight, it was a winnable fight for Weidman. It was back and forth. Weidman threw a spinning kick, got caught, got taken down, got grounded down, and, you know, it's a game of inches. He was beating Yoel Romero, and, you know, at, but then he got caught. But at the end of the day, it's who gets their hand raised. You know, but if you like to point out stylistically things and, and stats and stuff like that, it does make the situation a little better. Not really, because he's still lost. But then he goes on to the Musasi fight, which was controversial as well because of the knees and, you know, the legal knees landed. And, you know, Weidman, I don't know if Weidman was a, unable to continue or he was, a, was able to continue at that point. But, you know, the fight was called off. Um, you know, he had some success. He took Musasi down, you know, had some success in that fight. And, you know, it was unfortunate. But then after that, he comes back. <clears throat> My voice, sorry. He comes back, beats the surgeon Kelvin Gaslam at the time. And, well, obviously not without some adversity. I mean, he got knocked down in the first round. But he got back up and, you know, he's able to submit him. So now he's 1-5 in, in his last six fights. So where does Weidman go from here? Um... I'm not one to call for retirement, as you heard me a little bit earlier. I said that, you know, if it really comes down to it, I'm not calling for retirement. It's not in my place. It didn't seem as if Weidman wanted to call for his retirement as well. Um, I said, man, he, he, he has to fight someone outside the top 10 or someone who's on his level or older than older maybe a little bit closer to his age and not some surging top contenders. I mean, he's coming in all respects to Weidman for fighting the best guys. And if you look at his resume, I mean, look, Luke Rockhold, Yoel Romero, Gegard Mousasi, Lyoto Machida, Vitor Belfort, uh, Gegard Mousasi, wait, no, no, let's just go in order because I confused myself. So he, 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 he went and fought 
Um, Anderson Silva, Leota Machida, Vitor Belfort, Luke Rockhold, Yoel Romero, Gegard Mousasi, Kelvin Gastelum, Jacare Souza. Dude, he's fought in nothing but the best guys. So you got to give respect where respect is earned and warranted because he definitely does deserve the respect. You know, I don't know if it's past his time or if that was just a short-lived era, but it didn't seem as if it lasted too long, especially, you know, obviously, like I said, it did last for a little bit of time. But, you know, for me, I didn't get to enjoy it as much because how short-lived of a career it was. Not career, but, you know, that that era where he was on fire. I mean, he dethroned Anderson Silva, but, you know, I just thought, you know, he, he, he didn't look unstoppable during his reign or anything like that, like a Demetrius Johnson guy or a, a Jose Aldo back in that time or John Jones still to this day. Um, but you know, I just, I just thought Chris was able to do enough to beat the, be, be better than those fighters. And it wasn't like he looked absolutely like unstoppable, like I was saying, but you know, he beat the likes of the Machida and, and, you know, ground and pound at Vitor Belfort and, you know, but then again, you people like to say and criticize and, and, you know, be like, those are the, oh, those are past prime post USADA fighters. And you know, the Machida fight was a lot closer and if you look at Machida, man, Machida's still on fire still in 2019. Machida still looks good. You know, he's reinvented himself. He looked fantastic against Chael Sonnen over in Bellator. Unfortunately, came up short against Musasi by split decision. Um, but, you know, Machida's still looking good. Vitor, I don't know what the hell Vitor is doing. He signed with one championship and won in a boxing match with Roy Jones Jr., but that is that seemed to just die out in the water. I don't know what's going on with that. But back to Wybin. So like I said, he had he, he had some impressive wins. He's he's had some fantastic wins inside the octagon, man. He he's looked good and he's been on the top for quite some time. He's just fought a murderer's row of top contenders. So now what I said when it comes to me not saying or vouching or pushing for his retirement, I think that he should um fight someone outside the top ten. You know, fight somebody that doesn't have a huge name well maybe a huge name but not anybody that's surging like that dude like uh it just it, it's it, it's not smart at this point in time because at one point in time you've got to put your pride aside and realize like you need a win dude you don't just need to keep fighting these guys because it's going to keep happening he's going to keep fighting these top tier guys and he's going to get knocked out again unfortunately in that, in that best case and worst case scenario that's what's going to happen best case scenario you fight a maybe like a sam alvey or the winner of Sh sam alvey versus shogun or something like that for weidman in the future next year um but i don't want to keep seeing this happen because i don't want to have to keep talking about it and, and and what would make you cringe the most is constantly vouching for someone and pushing for them to stay and um you know just constantly getting forced into thinking they should really retire now however on the side of antonio silva man he needs to retire like he needs to retire because that's gonna it's gonna be so much problems from later on in life you know he's a no i think he's like 40 something years old now but you know all that nasty knockouts that he's received on he's been on the wrong end of and stuff is real been real cringy to watch and stuff and still very cringy to watch so you know that's another conversation that's coming up soon um so, like I said, for Weidman, fight someone outside the top 10 or someone, you know, maybe like another 14 ranked some fighter or someone outside because you fighting surging contenders is not going to spell well for a career. And I'm just being honest. Um, 
And what I mean too is, yeah, like I said, fight someone outside the top 10 or, you know, fight someone that's that's easier. Not easier. There's no easy fights in UFC, but fight somebody that's, yeah, like I said, it's not fucking surgeon. It's about to fight for a world title, man. That's an absolute murderer's row. Two careers on the opposite way. That's like BJ Penn fighting Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez mauled BJ Penn in that fight, dude. He beat the shit out of him in that fight. That was one-sided as fuck. I mean, BJ Penn can't get a win to save his life against all these top contenders. And not like he fought all top contenders. He fought, you know, some, you know, some up-and-comers, you know, Dennis Evers, Ryan Halls, and, and so forth, man. But um, so on the side of Weidman, like I said one more time, Love the guy. Definitely is a family man. You know, just doesn't take away from what he's accomplished in this sport, this sport, and what he's done. But you know, like I said, he's really got to get his mojo back because I would hate to see that happen again. <coughs> All right, moving along to the red corner on the side of Dominic Reyes. He had an impressive performance against John Jones. Light heavyweight stacked man. I mean, you got um, Johnny Walker. Potential, that's one I haven't... That's the guy right there. That's a fucking guy right there that can give John some real problems. You hear that here first on this program. I love John, and I, and I will vouch for Don t- till I die, but that is a dangerous fight. That is a good fight for John. That's really going to show you how good John is and really show you how good Johnny Walker is as well. But you got Corey Anderson in the mix. You got... Uh, Obviously, Johnny Walker, you got Dominic Reyes, you got Jan Blahovic, Jacare Sousa is at light heavyweight now. Uh, there's a lot of guys, man. They're, they're light heavyweight slowly but surely starting to pick up again. Rumble John, I don't know, Rumble Johnson's coming back to the UFC, but I don't think he's coming back as a light heavyweight. Um, I think I, it was heard that he would be fighting at heavyweight. Who mentioned a Francis and Ganu fight? Oh my God, that makes me want to fucking bust everywhere emotionally. Not no homo, just kidding. No, but that's a fucking amazing fight if that were to happen. Just God forbid that ends up like the Derek Lewis versus Francis and Godin fight. I don't think so because Anthony Johnson has no fear and he's going to come forward and land shots to kill, land shots to put people out. And that would be crazy if that happened. So like I said, how does Dominic Reyes fare against John Jones? I don't know because, you know, John's last performance seemed to be a lot more tactical and careful which would would prompted him to go to a split decision with Thiago Santos who could hardly even walk in that fight who got badly badly injured both his knees blew both of his ACLs if not thing on both legs or some shit like that some catastrophic injury man and he wasn't able to continue he was really able to unable to continue but he fought his way to a split decision with John um John obviously like I said is a smart guy He's not going to take any risks. He's not going to put anything he has on the line for anybody. He He's going to come in and he's going to do what he needs to to win. And he did exactly what he needs to in that fight. I thought it was a great fight, that last fight too. Um, and I don't know. I'm just, it's hard for me to think anybody stacks up well with John Jones with all these new contenders and stuff. And, you know, it, it's interesting because after a while, it's really going to see how interesting that the, the – the, light heavyweight division gets after um you know after, as as time goes by i mean 10 years from now is john going to be on top 5 years from now what's what the division going to 
What's the division going to be like? You know? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, like, you don't know. This game is a game of inches and stuff, too. So, um, it's just interesting to see, man. Who can be the person, man? If there was somebody that beat John, man, my head would explode. Because John has been the champion since I've been in high school. Since 2011, I've been in, I've been, I think it was before I was in high school. Well, yeah, I was in high school when John became the champ, dude. I remember that. I remember that fight with Shogun. He beat the shit out of Shogun and become the champion and has been in, in nothing but championship fights ever since. Say what you want about the USADA stuff and all that. But realistically, he has been in championship fights since then. John has been one of the best of all time. Um, like I said, there's some dangerous contenders, man. I mean, Johnny Walker and, and Dominic Reyes, the top two that come to mind. I don't really don't think a, like a, a guy like a Jan Blahovich. No disrespect. I just, just there's only a couple people that stand out in my opinion. Maybe an Anthony Johnson fight at heavyweight would be good for him. I know John has talked about moving up to heavyweight after a while, or you know challenging the winner of DC Stipe three. If that happens, um, it's rumored to be happening. That's one of the last fights, or if the last fight of DC's career in his opinion. Um, there's a lot of stuff for John. There's a lot of stuff that I think John can still do if he does clean out the division, you know, if he is tired of defending his belt because there's really no one else to fight. But say he smokes Dominic Reyes, then then what? But, um, you know, Reyes is dangerous, man. He has long arms. He has power. He's precision. He's quick. Interesting fight, man. Interesting time. Interesting to see the development of the division and, you know, the development of the guys. But really in realistic time and real all realism... There's just no. I don't think there's anybody can beat John Jones, man. There's just, it's hard to think. It's hard to imagine. And that's the way I continue to like to see things when it comes to thinking about the career of John. The one loss he had was a was a bullshit loss. Ninety nine point nine percent of people in the world agree that that should be taken off of his uh, resume because that's a, that's a bullshit uh, a bullshit call. So um, I think I think obviously, like I said. You, you guys see that Matt Hamill said, like, oh, let's run it back then, John, or something like, something the hell long ago. I was like, oh, my God, dude, don't fucking do it. CTE is real. Everybody's calling John out. Tony Ferguson. Let me look that up now. Now's the time. Tony Ferguson said that, too. He wants something moving up to a couple weight classes and shit. Dude, that's not going to go good, dude. This is, what the fuck is going on right now? Uh... Joe Lozon with a great win over over for shout out to Joe Lozon. A lot of people counted him out in that fight. Um, he he looked great at nasty ground and pound. You know, he's on the, he was on his back and landing all the, had his arm trapped and fucking landed that nasty ass ground and pound. Um, all right, so here here's Tony Ferguson. Um, lots of t- lots of shit talk, John Jones. You want to play again like we did in college? I bumped up two weight classes and I'll do it again. Growth. You want to play chess? I'll be your Huckleberry. Got you in two Neanderthal. Talk to your pops. He knows who champ the champ is. Ha! <laughs> That's crazy. A lot of comments. Nick Newell commented. As long as he gets a title shot somewhere. Dominic Reyes commented. I just commented, you should be next. 
Yeah, a lot of people calling out John Jones and 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 I don't know what the fuck people are are, you know what what are they um like you know I don't know if it's CTE but all these people calling out um you know Tyron Woodley calling out Canelo Jesus Christ man Tony Ferguson calling out John that's crazy there's been a lot of weird cases of people calling out people that more than likely they're not going to get the shot at. So just, just stop with all that weird shit. Everyone's calling out weird fights that aren't going to happen. Like, don't waste your time. There's no point in time for doing that. I mean, I understand that he's competitive. I'll, I would. I mean, I'll watch it, man, for sure. But, you know, um, it just seems so unlikely, especially with the landscape of how long it would take, how long it would take to build up, the fact that the UFC would have to get on board with allowing their fighters to go and box someone like Canelo. Like, how likely is that to happen? And doesn't seem as likely. So, just it's just crazy, just this crazy landscape, man. So, like I said, breakdown between both of them, Reyes, John. It looks like a good matchup stylistically. They're both tall. They're both long, but you know. Um, like I said, John's just on a different level when it comes to his wrestling and his grappling. And, you know, he's, he's not a Chris Weidman, so, I mean, John's not going to rush in like that for dear life and look for those, like, desperate takedowns like that. He's going to he's gonna do some damage in the clinch. He's going to land some nasty elbows. He's unpredictable. And, you know, I think he puts Reyes away if they actually fight, man. So Reyes has a chance, but, you know, John's chances, like he said, his chances are make it, it, the chances they have are to be slim. The chances that everyone has to fight him, his job is to make him slim as possible. So, going from that to Yair Rodriguez, quickly against Jeremy Stevens. Yair looked great. He landed a lot of nasty kicks. He hurt Jeremy. Uh, we didn't really get to see anything really last fight. Unfortunately, it was 15 seconds, but in this fight, Yair landed a couple of really nasty kicks at one almost fight-ending sequence earlier in that that, that uh, fight, and then, you know, Steven started to gain momentum and land a couple takedowns more and, you know, controlled the fight, took over later on in the fight. So, I mean, it made me realize, like, oh, my God, dude, this, this, this fight should have been two more rounds because, like, this is such a great fight. This is so entertaining. Um, Jeremy Stevens wasn't out of that fight by any stretch of the imagination. He came back. He looked, he was looking good. And it, it, it's just an it's, a, it's just an unfortunate uh, turn of events for Jeremy Stevens because you know last two fights oh, excuse me you know like I said he's paid a lot of money for this um, they fortunately they were able to get booked again but you know no one got the, he was able to get his win money because obviously he didn't win but um, I still don't think that his last two fights with the IR, the last fight with the IR, and this fight with the IR, you know, it wasn't really enough to make up for the amount of money that he did spend. I do think he's okay financially. Um, he's a smart guy and stuff. I'm getting all fucking lazy and, and stuff. I'm getting all fucking cuddled up on this on this uh, chair right now. But quickly, let's take a quick little break, and let me tell you guys about my friends over at 
Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. It's easy as one, two, three. If you're looking to start a podcast, if you're looking to, you know, start to gain some momentum, start to attract some fans, depending on if you're a fighter, if you're an artist, if you're a rapper, if you're a music, if you're in the music industry, if you're a comedian, it doesn't matter. There's different categories of different people who all have podcasts, who all have started up their own podcasts. You know, podcasts is a movement here in this new age. It's it's a new movement here in 2019. So why not get on the board? Anchor is is 100% free it's easy to use um you download the app with your iphone or android and you know like it guides you through it step by step there's an automated voice that guides you through it um step by step it shows you every step of the way for everything you need to do it's easy as one to do literally like all you need is your smartphone your tablet your ipad whatever it is and you can bring that shit everywhere you go Literally, you don't have to get worry about studio equipment. You can hold your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, up to your ear, talk like you're on the phone. It looks a little crazy sometimes when I do it, but sometimes it's better to do that rather than having to worry about bringing your computer, bringing all this other stuff. I hardly edit anything because I'm really 100% confident in what I say on my shows and stuff like that. So let me help you guys out and get you started here today. You can visit the URL directly at www.anchor.fm slash start and visit my page directly at www.anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA show also available in the Google Play Store also available in the iTunes App Store or whatever you want to call it it's available everywhere it's free they automatically distribute your podcast to the masses you don't have to worry about it like I had to back when I first started over five years ago I had to worry about it. It was only going to iTunes. I wanted it to go to all the masses because not everyone had an iPhone at the time and not everyone was on was on the Apple train back then. I mean, nowadays it might be easier because everyone has iPhones, but that's not the point. Back then, it was a lot harder. So now it's distributed all of everywhere and everywhere you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, anchor.fm slash start to start your own podcast. Now back to the show. So... Moving along from Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens, to my thoughts on weight class jumps. Like I said, it kind of ties into what I said earlier. I don't have a problem with weight class jumps for fighters or moving down in weight. But it's the simple fact of who they're fighting. It's not smart on their side to, to fight surging contenders like that. Not saying that they can't win Luke Rockhold or Chris Weidman or anyone else that does this. Um, but you know, you gotta be smart with it. You know, Luke, Luke, if, if anything had more success at light heavyweight in that first round, uh, up until the end of the first round, if you remember that he got caught in the first end of the first round. And then, you know, he, he was, he was winning in the clinch up until he got caught, you know, they separated and Jan landed that nasty left hook and stopped Luke and broke his jaw. If I wasn't mistaken, but you know, Weidman obviously got pummeled in the, in the first round by Reyes as well. So like I said, these guys, Jan and, and, um, Dominic Reyes look looks as if they'll be fighting for a world title very soon if Jan is successful against Jacare. Um but other than that, I mean like weight class jumps, we've seen a lot of guys do it. Cerrone did it. He had success at 170 pounds, uh, a success at 155. So there's a couple of guys that you know can do that, can move up weight classes, can look good. I mean Connor did it briefly. Um Henry Cejudo, obviously double champ. 
he started his career, I think, if anything, got 135 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he had success there. He had a success of flyweight. Now, if he's going to return to flyweight, it's my question. But other than that, no. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko, she had massive success and massive uh, um, finishes and, you know, impressive wins and victories um, at 135 pounds. You know, she's a flyweight champion at 125. So it's definitely possible, man. You know, either you're too big for a weight class or you're too small for a weight class. So when fighters drop down to their natural weight class, I think that's one of the best things. You know, for like a guy like Frankie Edgar, he's been fighting at 155 pounds forever, then he dropped down to 145. And I don't necessarily know if that's what he's going to do, move to 135 pounds, if that's what was talked about a while back. Um, but, you know, there's, like, a successful list of these people, man. You just got to do it right. But if you look at, like, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to keep going back to them or throwing shade, but those are the two more notable, you know, fighters that, you know, did mention John's name, did talk about beating John, did then talking about coming up to light heavyweight and, you know, wrecking shop over there and, and, and running through everybody there. But, you know, they weren't unsuccessful in their debut. So you got to really, you know, warm up to what you're doing at 205 pounds. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to look at it. I know, like I said, the pride's a, bit, pride's a big thing in the sport. But, like, if I said if I'm Luke or I'm Chris, I'm going to be finding someone outside the top 10 or someone who is on kind of on the same path. Why didn't they fight each other back when that first happened? I think Weidman was injured back when Luke fought. Um, Luke doesn't seem too interested in fighting anymore. Like I said, he has a a modeling career and stuff. Ralph Lauren and all that. All that stuff's going good for him. So, I mean, for Weidman, he didn't necessarily, like I said earlier, he didn't seem like he was hinting at any retirement or anything like that. But, um, you know, like I said, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'll be open to anything that they're, they, they're willing to do in the future. But as of right now, it doesn't seem like that's a possibility. Uh, like I said, it's not it's not a knock on them. It's not that they can't compete at 205 pounds. It's just that in the UFC, you don't get any easy fights or any favors. So it's going to be unfortunate. So, you know, I wish the best for both of them. You know, like I said, there's there's a lot of successful people that have made their jumps up or down in weight class. And, you know, we've seen our we've seen a whole we've seen a um, whole category of them man. people that Kenny Florian. Five, 145, 155, I think 170 and 185, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, so it's it's definitely possible. So, like I said, it just it just matters on who it is. Um, last thing on the list, uh, BKFC, like I said, wrapped up. Antonio Silva. Oh, man, Chris Weidman just released um, let, Let's just talk about this and we'll end it from here from uh chris weidman uh any other breaking news i don't really want to talk about the you know I, like i said it kind of earlier man antonio Silva doesn't need to fight um but you know this this really sucks man unfortunately um so let me just read this whole statement it's kind of long so bear with me chris weidman this goes from chris weidman's instagram on uh this is from chris weidman's instagram page I just want to let everyone know that I'm all good. Just obviously bummed with the result. I knew Dom was a tough fight, and he proved to be more than that with a beautiful time left hand that put me down in the first. I jumped in with the right hand, and the range was off, and he capitalized. Sucks for me. Um, as for what's next for me, I hear a lot of you saying you should retire comments, and I get from your, get get where you're coming from based on the results of my recent fights. It's crazy because with the win over Reyes, the chances of me fighting for a world title Champions for world championship were very strong. 
not to be getting hit with retirement talk is a big swing for me to get used to hearing. I will tell you that I'm not definitely not ready to retire. I still love this, and I'm very hungry to get back in there. I believe I have abilities to be a world champion. I know some of you are shaking your head and laughing at me when I said that. Well, screw you, and thanks for the motivation. This fight, I was coming off a two year a layoff, a year layoff, two major surgeries. Two major surgeries, a weight class change, way too much time at the gym, and I feel like that did play a role in this fight. The fact that I'm healthy right now and can get back in the gym is, ter- gym is territory that I'm not used to. I will be back soon and look good doing it. Thank, thank you for everyone for your support, uh, and sorry I'm let you down. This extreme low in my career will be part of my story, and I will finish on top. Thank you to my friends, family, and sponsors. Thank you who stand behind me in my high and low moments. Thank you to God for blessing me with all that what I have and so I'm un, that I'm so undeserving of. Every day is a gift, and I'm so thankful to be able to experience the gift that when my goals and desires aren't met. Damn, that was rough. Um, like, it made, me, it made my eyes water a little bit because, like I said, even in the sport and the highs and lows, you, you've got to respect everyone that goes in the cage. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, um, um, these fighters go through so much and the fans are brutal. The fans are honestly brutally honest about a lot of things and, you know, they're supportive. One day they love you. When you start losing, they, they're behind you. They, they don't like you. They, they turn on you. They're disrespectful. They're ignorant fight fans sometimes. And, you know, it's an unfortunate turn of events for when it comes to these athletes, win, lose, or draw. Fight fans are real hard to please. And like I said, they're fans. They're not fighters. They don't know what it's like. It's easy to comment on the outside. A majority, more than half of the people in the world that are calling for his retirement are the ones that are sitting behind their um computers or in their grandma's basement and stuff like that so i mean obviously like i said i know a lot of them come from being genuinely concerned that some people really care about their fighters and you know people don't generally don't wish the worst on anyone or the nor the worst enemies and stuff but you know like i said these fight fans and this fight game is brutal it's a lonely sport it's a selfish one-man sport and you know you got to be the best you gotta you know it's a one-man journey to get to the top and you know you obviously have your team and stuff and your friends and your family to help you through all the processes and stuff but um, but you know, like I said, it's a selfish man game. So man, when it's high, it's high. When your lows are low, so that made my eyes kind of water reading that, as well as those thrill and agony videos, man. The UFC, that UFC releases after all the major pay per views and stuff. So I mean, it was a little bit unfortunate to see that one. I, just, I mean, I just read it and stuff. But let's see, we got ten more minutes left on the show. If we don't have anything else, what, what we're trying to find something quickly before we get out of here. I appreciate you guys for all joining us, joining me here on this episode. Sorry, I didn't release it earlier but yeah, better late than never we originally did do an episode but i was so fucked up i couldn't even i didn't finish my proper podcast so um let's pull up some stuff so always interesting things happen on twitter um there's a lot of fights this weekend oh yeah Let, let's go let's quickly uh get into oh anthony pettis versus donald cerrone rematch verbally agreed upon Oof, it's not a good fight for cerrone uh, verbally agreed upon. Um, Junior Dos Santos is out of his fight with uh, Alexander Volkov of Moscow due to really infectious disease or something, like an infection in his leg. Um, very, very unfortunate. Um, so, like I said, Damian Maia versus Ben Askren is happening. 
Her grappler's delight. If you're a hardcore fight fan, you really you're really interested and intrigued to see this because da- da- Damian Maya is one of the best grapplers at 170 pounds, and you know one of the top grapplers in all of the world. You know when it comes to jujitsu and just absolute grappling, like he takes your back, he gets you, takes you down. You know he he, he locks in some nasty submissions, and he's like a he's like a human backpack. He comes in and strangles you like a human anaconda. He just comes in and wraps his arm around you. You know, you know a rear naked choke. You know. Or just any any like the neck cranks. I mean, all his submissions are pretty vintage, pretty pretty freaking savage. I mean, he ties everybody up that he gets a hold of, and, and it's it's lights out. I mean, he's gonna choke you out or submit you. And he's going up against a very tough grappler, very you know one regardless one of the best grapplers outside of the UFC for quite some time, Ben Askren. You know, not nearly have not really having the best of UFC careers to start. You know, the controversial Robbie Lawler fight, um, and then the. Jorge Masvidal loss, so not a good stretch for Ben Askren. Um, a lot of people are siding with Maya on the side. I can think and I can definitely see where everyone's coming from when it comes to the side of Maya because Maya's striking for me does seem a lot better than Ben Askren's. You know, it's crazy because Maya started off as a jujitsu guy, never really had stand up, but he's been able to develop it to the point where he busted Colby Covington up in their fight. And, you know, he's been able to, you know, hang with the best on the feet and, you know, get where he needs to get on um to where he gets to get his bread and butter, his wrestling, his grappling, his jujitsu, everything's solid for Maya. So I mean I, if I have to go to striking and, and grappling, I'm going on the side of Maya. I I'm, I'm just interested to see what Ben has and if it can really be a closer fight than many are predicting, because usually when people are on one side of the train, you've got to really open your mind up. Like I've said this many times, you got to open your mind up to really seeing what can happen. I don't think Ben's going to outstrike Maya on the feet. I think Ben's going to try to tie him up, take him down. But and re- re- realistically, what's that? How long can he possibly do that for? I mean, especially with a guy like Maya, who actually hits pretty fucking hard for for being a jujitsu guy. I mean, he hits hard. He busts people open. He's got that cutting open power. Like he he's not knocking people out, but he hurts you. Your, the punches hurt, man. He'll bust you up. Maya's a great guy, great great grappler, great fighter. Very humble, very respectful fighter. And you know he's he's been beating a lot of people. He's fought a lot of the best guys. I mean, he's fought the the uh, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. Uh, and you know he's fought a lot of great guys. I mean, he's fought. He's been in the UFC for quite some time. And when he made that jump, uh, that drop down 170 pounds, you know he looked amazing. Man, he's on his run. He, went, he eventually worked his way up to fight for a world title. Unfortunately, didn't wasn't able to capitalize on that opportunity. He fought success at 185 pounds. He's submitted the likes of Chael Sonnen and stuff, and fought Nate Marquardt, you know Mark Munoz. He fought a lot of great guys, man. So, I mean, Maya versus Askren, interesting fight, man. I'm really interested because it's a grapplers fight, and I'm really curious to see how Ben uh, comes back. And I'd really like to see him, you know, get get a win. Not say, I mean, I really like Maya in this fight, but like, I, if 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 Ben was able to amass with the win, then that for me would be satisfying as well. But you know, because like I'm open minded when it comes to this fight game and stuff, and interesting to see what happens with this kind of fight because it's it's interesting because you know, obviously, like I said. Grappler's delight. Ben's so-called the best grappler on planet Earth, and if he can't beat Damian Maya in a grappling contest, or, uh, or, or uh, you know, or in this fight, then it will really, it will really kind of be a shitty weight introduction. And you know, I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, though, um, 
Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be um, a very horrible way to start off the career of your UFC career. But also, like I said, it makes the hype train fall all the way down. You know, like I said, um, like like it, it, the hype train is is obviously was derailed with the win the win the Jorge Masvidal had over Ben Askren, but um, you know, but um, got five minutes left. So um, what I was saying, like basically, I got distracted. I was reading something, but um, it it, it would really, really sink him down even lower if he loses to Maya. Because, you know, he regarded himself as one of the best outside of the UFC for so long. You know, he retired. He fought in Asia. He fought a lot of the best guys over there. You know, he's fought in Bellator. He's beaten some good guys there back then. But, you know, is it past his time? Is it really... It seems as if he hasn't had too much MMA experience, but, you know, for me, it feels like he's been fighting for a long time, and, you know, he's been on top for a very long time, and no, obviously he's won world titles and stuff, and it's not that he's out of it any stretch of imagination. It just it would it would really spell horribly for him if he isn't successful against Darian Maya this Saturday. So, you know, I'm rooting for the best man. May the best man win, and you know, from from uh, we can go from there. Well, that is it, folks, for our episode. Thank you guys for joining us, joining me. On here for episode 209 of Kicking It with the King. Like I said, my name is Gabriel Hernandez. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at G the King MMA. Um, follow my, I'll follow the pay, podcast page at KWTK Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter as well. Same exact handle. Um, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez as well. Um, like I said, great show today. Talked about a lot. Was able to get an hour in. Love you guys. The support. Love the support. Thanks to everyone who checked up on me yesterday and all that. That means a lot. It means a world. You guys care. It's a little freak accident. Like I said, I'll be okay and up and running within a couple of days. So, like I said, that being said, folks, appreciate you guys for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Might do a post show, so stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back sooner rather than later. G the King out, baby.